0: Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged, and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. David, who was described after a, a man after God's own heart, David wrote, Lord, remind me, how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me, my days are numbered. How fleeting life is. Tick, 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 tick. tick. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand and my entire lifetime. Just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a breath. It's going fast, it's going fast. We are merely moving shadows, and all are busy, 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 rushing ends in nothing, almost hopeless. We heap our, our wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? Where's my hope? Where's my hope? Where's my hope? My only hope, my only hope is in you. You may be seated, look at your neighbor and say, help me, Obi-Wan. Help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. You are my only hope. Hey, I forgot to do this in the announcements, but I love, one of the things I love about this church are the leaders. We have people who lead every single week um, on Sunday mornings, we take a, a school, cafeteria, and gym, and we set it up and, and, and make it a place where we can worship Jesus, but we have leaders who lead during the week as well. So we, have, we don't have a ton of traditions at Freedom Church, but one of the traditions we have is game balls. We like to, to honor our leaders and celebrate them for the work that they do. And, and so we've had some people autograph this, some of the other leaders today. This person has been with us almost since the very beginning uh, when we, and they I remember meeting them for the first time we were meeting in the Holiday Inn Express and then we found out that this person um, not only plays in music and, and instruments but this person, is a professional drummer like he can drum like none other and um omar um he does more than than drumming omar has has done some some other work in setting up and um he did a video for us a while back he helps in our kids area he invests in the kids as well but omar i just want to say thank you i like i want to throw this i have more fun when i throw it so you might have to duck over there but can we give it up for omar and say thank you for omar thank you man Thank you for every single one of our leaders who serve to make this a welcoming place, who who help us grow, who help us take our next steps of faith and challenges. Thank you for sharing your stories, because that's really where it's at. I mean, we can come here and we can sing and we can leave, but there's power in stories. And every single one of you have so much depth, have so much brilliance, have so much genius When you allow God to just use your story, your experiences, your life, and then we go and we take it into the world and say, Hey, I may not have wanted this, but God, what are you doing in it? What do you want to do through it? And you let him use it, and he's changing lives. We're in the middle of a movement here. You may not notice it. You may not see it. You may not feel it. You may not realize it, but God's at work in Los Alamos, and he's working in you and through you, and that's what pumps me up about being a pastor of this church. I'm not even preaching out the message. I'm just going off. I better get things rounded up. Today, we're going to be talking about being after God's own heart, we're rounding up a series where we've been talking about some pretty tough stuff. In fact, I'm surprised that you guys are still here because I'm like, great, we're going to kick off the year. We're gonna, I'm going to tell everyone they're guilty. You're, 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 you have anger issues. I'm going to tell every people you're greedy. And today we're going to talk about envy. And yet you still have come back uh, to learn. And I think the part of that is because we're dealing with not just symptoms. We're dealing with some things that really can uh, move us off course in our relationships with others, in our families. They can move us off course with our coworkers, They can move us off course with God. And I think what we're here for, we want to know, God, am I, am I on the right path? Am I doing what you want me to do? And we've noticed some of these things have gone to take us off course. This is why the theme verse throughout uh, this series has been from Solomon. It says, guard your hearts above all else for it determines the course of your life. So he could have said, he could have, I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. He could have said, hey, above all else, take care of your body. Above all else, watch your money. Now those things are important, but he says even above that, guard your heart, because it determines the course of your life. And what I've realized, and I think what you've realized, as we've gone through this series, and we let God work in our heart. We see that we get this backwards a lot. We, we will, we will um, guard our, 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 our bodies. We'll count calories. We'll count carbs, at least for a couple weeks out of the year. Then the Super Bowl hits. Then Valentine's Day hits. And then we're like, oh, forget it. And it's cloudy in February and snowy. And we just have forgotten about that. We, we'll guard our bodies. We got SPF that we will spray on our skin. We don't want to be in the sun too long. But what if, you know, I kind of wonder what would happen if we had SPF for our hearts? We will guard our houses. We will get insurance for our cars. We will protect our lawns to make sure our lawns look good. Nothing bad there. But I'm wondering what would happen if we had a Fitbit or a, 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 a thing on our arms to guard our hearts when our emotions started to take us in the wrong direction. Ding, 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 ding. It's a little bit harder to monitor your heart, your spiritual heart in the direction that you're going. And so we've seen some things in this series that said, hey, maybe I've gotten this backwards. Maybe, you know, I've got all of these things to protect my house. i got these things to uh, protect my Internet and my, my uh, digital identity. I don't want any identity theft. i got things to protect my car. i got things, all this protection... But in the morning, when I wake up, the first thing I do is I grab this. And I scroll through this. And what, what is it called? It's called a, a, a news... I scroll through my, my feed. I scroll through my social media feed. And the first thing we do for a lot of us is we, we feast. And we've layered all this protection. And we've left our hearts completely exposed to compare to others, and we've been feasting and feeding. I wonder what would happen if we paid a little bit more attention to our heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Some of us have been feasting on a course, a secondary course. You've been feasting on a bagel. When God wants you to have a a main course, a main dish, steak, buffet. In this series, as we round it out today, we're going to look at a silent assassin that threatens to steal your joy. A silent assassin that undermines relationships. And we don't talk about this one. We don't like to admit this one, but oh, do we feel it. Envy. Envy can creep into our lives. Other people have. And somehow I got left out on that one, God. My neighbor got the car. (laughs) Somehow you skipped over me on that one, God. Like, I really like that truck. We tend to envy uh, our peers. When you look at envy, you tend to, to, tend to envy those who are about the same age. In, 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 uh, the, the, like women, you'll, you, you tend to, this isn't every case, will we'll envy relationships, looks. Men, we look at status, success, money, physical things. And I want to ask the question today, who is it that you envy? Who is it that brings that triggers the envy in your heart. Is it the person with the car? Is it the person with the job? Is it the person who they have the marriage? Or they have the family? Or they have the likes and the followers? Like, almost every single one of us, we deal with this. It will creep up. There it is. Ding, ding, ding. Our our, our spiritual heart has gone off, and it's there. I wonder who that is for you. If I dug long enough, I'd find yours. I guarantee you I would find yours. But I don't want to just say in general. I want to know specifically who is it? Who is it that you tend to envy because we have that? Like spring break's coming up. Somebody's going to be going to Turks and Caicos for, for, uh, for spring break. And you're like, Turks and Caicos, we made it to Taos. We, we like to keep it local here. You know, somebody has... Um, Your kid's going to play sports this spring. Soccer, baseball. But there's going to be somebody else who has the star pitcher on their team. Your sister-in-law fits in that size three. And you can't, or at least you shouldn't. And and we, we take our next steps. We climb ladders. I'm going to try not to fall off this thing. And we're doing good until... Oh my gosh, they're all the way up here. That preacher is younger. He's more successful. He's taller. He looks better. He's got more hair. Their church is only a year old and they have way more success. They have bigger numbers. They have more salvations. They're doing great. And for a lot of us, we thought we were doing good. Until we started comparing ourselves and looking at other people. I want to ask, who is it that you envy? This is a dark side in us. We have this dark side in each of us. And if we're not careful, as we climb the ladder and we're chasing after whoever, somebody's running a race that they don't even know that they're running in. They've pulled ahead in a race that they don't even know, and we're trying to chase after them and climb. At a certain point, some of us, we'll we'll take our envy and it will lead to resentment. Like, I envy you, but I can't catch you. And now i got to figure out why it is that I don't like you. Resentment needs Justification. Well, I'd have a new truck too if I was materialistic like that guy. Or you know what they say about guys who drive big trucks. Just making sure you guys are paying attention. did he just say that? Yeah. (laughs) What? 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 That's why we have stay-at-home moms comparing themselves to career moms, career moms, comparing themselves to stay-at-home moms. And we find ourselves doing one of two things. Whatever ladder you are on, we'll find ourselves either looking down at people, hey, how's the weather down there, or find ourselves looking up and never actually being who we are in the ladder that we've, 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 we've meant to be. Some of you guys are angry at me right now. You're like, that pastor, he's such a jerk. He was mean to me. He, he, I was walking by him in the store and he just gave me a dirty look, didn't even say anything. How rude. I probably had bad gas, all right? You know, I don't know. Here's the the thing. We'll take take our envy and we'll turn it into resentment to where we will dehumanize people. Because we can't can't be resentful. We can't be bitter. We got to figure out a way to justify why it is that I don't like you. And we'll dehumanize people. It will make us ungrateful for the things that we do have. I don't know, I'm just totally making this up. We got seven billion people on the planet. I'm gonna guess there's at least a, a half million people who would look at your situation right now and say, I'd trade places in the, for that in a heartbeat. Whatever you came in with, whatever chaos, whatever frustration, they'd look at you and say, I take that in an instant. It'll make us ungrateful for, for what we have. Solomon also wrote in Ecclesiastes, Chapter 4, he says, I've observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless. It's like a chasing after the wind, or it's climbing an unending ladder. James, the brother of Jesus, he he hits on this. We read this in our our message on anger, but I want to extract a little bit more out of this passage of Scripture. In James chapter 4, James says you're jealous of what others have. You covet that word jealous. You covet. There's a burning inside you. You hotly pursue or strive after. But watch this. But you can't get it. You can't reach the goal, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. There's that dark side, that resentment that comes in there. You ever get a, a twinge of satisfaction when you see your neighbor with that new car and they got the little ding in the door? Or your sister-in-law that we talked about, maybe this summer she doesn't look as good in that bathing suit this summer. year. ever get that little twinge of satisfaction? Or, or they do go to Turks and Caicos, but they post the pictures on Instagram and it was cloudy. Did you ever get that twins of satisfaction? I guess not. not me neither. <laughs> we, we got the Sunday mask on. Okay, I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll try not to... I'll, I'll stay out of your house. I'll stay out of your... We have these dark sides in us. And I'm not saying you act on these things. Okay. But I'm saying we feel it. What is that in us? There's something in there that that James, that Solomon, that God would say, pay attention to that. Don't ignore that. You may not be acting on it. Envy, let me just tell you, envy is not a a problem to be solved. It's it's going to be there. It's been there since the beginning of time. When when, uh, Eve... She looked, and she saw the tree and saw that it was good. It's like, oh, I'm missing out. Oh, I want more. Then their kids, Cain and Abel, was jealous, and he murdered his brother. This, is, this, this part is, is in there. It's, a, it's something to be managed. It's going to come up. Don't ignore it. Don't give in to it. But you're going to have to manage this when it creeps up. So James goes on, he says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want what will only give you pleasure. So all of us have a ladder that we're climbing in life. I want to know what is it, who is it that you envy, because who you identifying who it is is going to help us determine what's our motivation. Is it success? Is it pleasure? What is it that's fueling your climb, your chase, your race? What, what is it that you're striving after? Who is it that you envy? If if my motivation is. I need you to like me. I I need you to like me. I need approval. And so I'm going to do things. I'm going to take steps to get your approval. Did you like this? Did you see this, Mom? I did it. Do you like it? Look at me, Mom, 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 Mom. Our kids do it, but we do it too. Hey, did you see this? Oh, you don't like that? Here, maybe I'll try this one. Did I do this, do this. Oh, but it's not good enough. And we will go from relationship to relationship. Some of us find this satisfaction in sex. Some of us will find this satisfaction in success. Some of us will even get it from religion. God, look at all this stuff that I'm doing. Do you like me now, God? Here's here's the spoiler alert. This never ends. We can keep climbing and taking next steps and moving forward. I could climb all the way to the top of this thing. You're like, does he have ladder training? (laughs) <laughs> this would be the coolest sermon you've ever, you would never forget the sermon if I fell off. I'm not going to climb to the top. But unless this ladder, unless this ladder is aligned with my purpose with God, it leads to nowhere. It's never ending. A lot of us will do this. Starts early. Can I get to college? Oh man, can I get into that college? I hope I can get into that college made it into college. Can I get the job? I hope I can get the job. Oh, man, I really want this job. Oh, God, can I please? I got the job. Am I going to get married? Oh, man, I hope I could get married. I'm 25. I'm so old. No one's ever going to marry me. I'm 25. Oh, I'm 30. I'm 35. Oh, can I get married? I got married. Yes. All right. Can we get the house? I wonder if we could ever afford a house. I would love a house. God, can we get this house? I don't know. I got the house. Can we get kids? Oh, God, are we ever going to have kids? I wonder, oh, man, can we have kids? I don't know. We have kids. Oh, we got to get them into the right school. Can we get them into the sports? Are they going to graduate? They did it. Yay, look, we got it on Instagram. It looks great. It's fantastic. Are they going to move out of the house? Are they ever going to move out of the house? God, when are they going to move out of the house? Please, Lord. They're out. Oh, are we going to um, retire? When can we retire, God? I want to know when can we retire. Are we going to have grandkids? Oh, can we do this? Oh, hey, please don't put me in a nursing home, God. Oh, And if we look at the soundtrack of our life, we've climbed this ladder, and it's been a life of worry and stress and focusing on a next step that God may not have ever Appointed in your life. We have searched for the approval of man. Look at me! I'm the man! And everyone's going to cheer you on this. Way to go! Awesome! Not any one of these things are bad in and of themselves. So the point I'm trying to make is that what we are searching for must be aligned with God in our lives. Guard. Your heart, for it determines the course of our life, envy will rob you of joy. You'll be searching for whatever's next, never fully being present in the now, trying to focus on what can I do and what can I have, and we've looked at our past and it's worry, it's envy, it's guilt, it's anger, And I know, I know you're looking at this and you're like, that's not how I want to live my life and that's not God's life plan for you too. So I want to get us back on course. How do we get our life on course and knowing what I'm doing here is aligned with God's will? Because you can drop the five pounds that you wanted to drop, the 10 pounds, the 20 pounds that you wanted to drop you can get the six pack abs. You can climb the ladder, but still not be satisfied. There's a, there's a satisfaction. There's a hole that you've been craving to fill, and not a single one of these things will fill it, which is why you've always been craving more, which is why this, this idea of envy is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not something to be solved, it's attention to be managed. James says, You don't have because you don't ask God. Your source, your foundation is, has been, always will be God, Jesus Christ. He's the only one to fill those desires and needs. Everything else will leave you wanting. looking to climb another step. Well, I didn't get it there. Maybe this will get it. I didn't get it there. Well, maybe this will get it. No, it is meant to be found in Christ. You align your ladder saying, God, where do you want me to position this? God, where's my next step? Is this the alignment you want me to have? I'll continue to seek you. I'll take this step and then I'll take this step and I don't want to get off course. God, I'm looking to you. So gather it up. Whatever it is you feel you're lacking, okay, your old car, your small house, your hand-me-down dining room table, your 42-inch waist, your 32-inch TV, gather it all up. Pack it up. And don't miss this. Take it to God. He still wants you to take it. Say, God, you left me out. My neighbor's got it. My co has got it. My sister-in-law, she's got it. You left me out. Give it to him. And I know that sounds so petty. Sounds like we're in middle, middle school again. God, here it is. He still wants you to bring it to him. Why? Because he wants you to know he's the source of all that's good. He's the one that wants to satisfy your needs. And if he tells you no, he wants you to trust him. There's a song by Billy Ellis right now that, that just came out. It says, everything I wanted. And the first, the first line of that song says, I had a dream that I got everything I wanted, and she follows that line up with, I think it might have been a nightmare. <laughs> like, thank God g- he didn't give me everything I wanted in my life. Otherwise, I would have been married in the sixth grade. I would have had a sports car, and I would have been uh, the shortest and worst player in the NBA in history. It would have been a disaster. I would have got uh, a new marriage in the seventh grade, a new one in the eighth grade. I would have wrecked the sports car, ruined my life. We know this, we know this. We look back and say, God, thank you for telling me no. It hurt, but thank you for telling me no. He wants you to know him as the source of all new things. The more in our lives was meant to always be filled by Jesus. You're like, Jesus? You kind of knew this Christian thing? Is it really Jesus? I mean, can I just, is there any other religion, any other way? And Jesus says this. He says, I am the way. The course you're looking for is through Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That invitation's open to everybody, but it's exclusive to Jesus. Why Jesus still? Because Jesus said a lot of great things. He did a lot of great things. But why Jesus? Why this Christianity thing? Because I have a lot of hang-ups on Christianity, and if that's you, I get it. But I want to boil it down to one thing. Why Jesus? Why Jesus? It's not because of what he said. It's not because of what he did. It's not even the fact that he died on a cross. His followers when he died on the cross, scattered. His followers, when he died on the cross on Saturday, lost hope. They were running scared, denying ever even knowing him. But there's one thing that turned it all around for them. There's one thing on why Jesus? Why do I go to him for my source? And it's because there's an empty grave you go to Jerusalem right now where they crucified him, where they buried him, and when they came on that Sunday morning to go see in that tomb, he was gone. He wasn't in there. You go there today, he's not in there. You go any other religion, their religious leader, you can go to their grave. you got to be quiet when you go there too. Shh. It's a grave site. It's a cemetery. you got to be respectful, and that's good. Be respectful. Whatever you do. But you can go to Jesus' tomb and you can shout for joy. You can celebrate. You can dance. Why? Because he ain't in there. Any other religion, you go to another another religion, here's what you got to do you got to climb the ladder. You got to work for it. You got to earn it. Make the gods happy in order to get righteous with them. Christianity. Christianity says, you can't earn it. There's no ladder you can climb. It's grace. Jesus, when He died on the cross, died for your sin and my sin. So when I feel guilty, I am guilty. But I am not condemned in front of God. It's by His grace. And when He rose from the grave... Any sort of hopelessness that I have, any sort of uneasiness that I have, now has the opportunity for hope in life. And that's why we continually go back to Jesus. He's your source. He is your source. You don't have because you don't ask God. Bring it to Him. Bring it to Him. Bring it to Him. Secondly, run your race. You have your race to run. I have my race to run. What we've been doing in this series is open heart surgery. It is just open. God, here it is. Dark side, ugly side, stuff I don't talk about side, and it's there. Do your work, God. I'm not looking for the approval of man. I'm looking for your appointing, God, and I want to do that. I have my race to run. And tick, 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 tick that time is going by. We don't have time to waste, Freedom Church. I don't have time to be looking at what you're doing and what you're doing and what you're doing and running around trying to gain approval, trying to gain success, trying to gain status, trying to gain power, whatever it is. I don't have time to take steps that aren't appointed by God. I have my race to run. Paul, sitting in a jail cell, writes this in Philippians. He says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you. Who began it? God. He will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And then he ends it in, 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 in Philippians 3. It doesn't quite end it. He's still going on, but he's still writing. He says, I focus on this one thing, My race. Forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race. Picture a track runner at the Olympics in 2020. When they're running and doing that sprint, what do they do? They press to the end of the race. They're straining and striving to hit that line. He says, I press on, I reach the end of the race to receive the heavenly prize for which God, here it is, Through Jesus, only through Jesus, is calling us. He's called you, every single one of you. He has an appointment for your life. He has a course and a journey for your rights. Run your race. And when I align my ladder, when I get on course for my race, and I run that with God and what He's called me to do, and I start taking my next steps. You want to beat envy in your life? You want to be able to just destroy uh, what's been conquering you? It's, a, it's going to creep up, but when it creeps up, you want to know how you just get rid of it and tell you greed you're, or envy, you're not going to boss me around anymore because you're a terrible boss? You can celebrate others celebrate the good work and what's happening in other people's lives. Your neighbor has that awesome truck? Tell them. Your sister looks good in that dress? Say so. Your coworker, they gave that presentation, you find yourself wishing it was you? Let them know. I'm not going to allow envy to settle in and create some bitterness and resentment against you, no, know, I'm going to celebrate. And you're like, Mike, I don't feel like it. Are you telling me to, to be who I'm not? Because I don't feel like celebrating these people. I, I don't, you know, I'm going to give them a bigger head. If I tell them, you know, they already got a big head, they're already a jerk. And if I tell them they did a good job, it's going to make it worse. Listen, if they did a good job, and you can't find it in you, to compliment them that's a problem that's the problem of your heart you're not being insincere you're being honest like we learned last week with greed emotion follows motion you may not feel like celebrating but you celebrate and this has been so helpful to me for the people who i envy to the people who i look up at and i'm saying i don't want this in my life i start to celebrate some of y'all, you need to go on Facebook right now and like their picture. You need to drop a comment on there and say, way to go. Because you're like, no, I'm envious of them. Tell them. Say so. Tick, 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 Hey, we don't have much time. Some of you, let me tell you this, let me tell you this, because you got your restaurant. they got their restaurant. If you love somebody, tell them you love them. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. Our hand, our time, our span is like what a breath. The width of our hand. If you need to apologize to somebody today, apologize. Apologize. Don't hold these things in. This is going to unlock some things in your life. When you, are, when you are able to celebrate other people in what they're doing. Remind me that my days are numbered. How fleeting my life is. You've made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is but a moment. And at best, each of us is but a breath. 14 years is long enough to be holding on to that anger. You don't have to hold on to it anymore. Celebrate other people. We're not competing against one another. Emotions, as we've been learning, they are a bad boss. I heard one person say, it's like you being controlled by anger Well, they made me angry. If they wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be feeling like this. You've put yourself in a prison and you've given someone else the key. Emotions are a terrible boss. We feel them. We feel them. Oh, and they're dark. But it's what we do with them. And this series has been all about getting back your emotions, taking back control, Taking back control of your relationships in the sense that you're like, hey, I'm going to move in a positive direction in this. Satan, you've been in charge too long. I'm going to put my focus on God. I'm going to run my race. And I'm going to celebrate what God's doing in your life. You know what you'll find on the other end? Joy. Peace. Patience kindness. Last time I checked in Galatians, it still said these are the fruits of the Spirit. Climb, climb the ladder all you want. Those will still be elusive. A chasing after the wind. Do you ever really get it? You might have got the job. You might have got the promotion. Did you ever really get what you, you want? And he says, James says No. You didn't ever get it, what you wanted. It's what we're all searching for. God wants to bless your life. These things wreak havoc in our lives. My prayer for you as your pastor, seek God. Do what he says. If he's telling you to get down the ladder, don't grip onto it. Let go. Let him dictate your next steps. And we'll just see what God does on the other side. you got a step today. Don't waste your time. Do it today. The best time, the right time to take your next step is right now. If he's calling you to do something, take it right now. Let's stand and let's pray. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired